Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Morning, millennials. Welcome to the morning toast. Welcome, 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 welcome to the morning toast. Bum bum. It's you know it's going to be a good show when we kick off with that jingle. Yes, I mean it is an unseasonably warm day here in New York, and it's very confusing for the wardrobe and for the swamp ass. It's just not ideal, but yet here we are, Monday, coming off a big weekend. Me and Ben were in a taxi. And people started screaming. And when you live in New York, you've learned to just like ignore. That's just a part of the culture. A day in the life. People just yell, especially in the past eight months. It's been a tough time for New York. People are just screaming about shit. So I didn't think anything of it. But then it really uh, started honking everyone. So I'm like, what is going on? I checked my phone. And I forget. It, I think it was like Pop Crave, like a really random Twitter account said, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris projected as the winners of the 2020 election. And it was just craziness in New York. People were like dancing on the roofs all weekend. The weather has been amazing all weekend. Yeah. And I don't know. First of all, anyone else feel this like huge wave of relief just like that the election's over? I feel like it was making people really tense. Oh, for sure. Um, And it's historic. Obviously, Kamala Harris is the first female vice president and she's a woman of color. So I feel like no matter where you like lay on the political spectrum, like that's a really big deal. Yeah. We love making history. We do. And it's been a very polarizing election cycle I think everyone can agree on top of an already divisive year but here at the toast we seek to unite you know we are not red and blue we are pink and green and that's what we're going to do today united we toast as always and um and you know the first thing I think we should talk about as a united front (laughs) is you know kind of the elephant in the room which is your hat right because I don't want to divide people further no and I I feel divided right now. Right. I feel like we're on two different sides of this coin. Well, let me just say, Jackie put a poll on her Instagram, like, should I wear this hat? And, like, we do the show indoors, and I guess, like, we've just never thought of, like, a hat as a part of our everyday costume. Yeah, so I just want to, like, talk through the hat experience mm, Yeah, for please do. So I put on um, this white button down today, leggings and boots. Like, not super funky for me or fun, but now being a new dog mom, I have, like, less time to try on a million things, like, throw them around my apartment. I know. Because little Bruno is going to chomp at the bit. So my outfit was rather boring, and I've sort of been wanting to, like, wear hats on this show. One, you got me a beautiful hat for my birthday. A sickening hat, so And if I don't wear it on the show, I have nowhere to wear it. I don't go anywhere else. I don't do anything else. So I really want to, like, normalize wearing hats on the show. I feel like this hat really just complements this, like, hunter-y vibe outfit. The only issue is is that it's unseasonably warm. Now that it's daylight savings, like, the sun shines directly into the studio at the hour that we record. And, like, my head is on fire. Yeah. But I'm going to commit to the hat. And the majority did rule in favor of the hat, though Claudia voted no. She put a poll on her Instagram story. And can I just say... 
you like took that video from like a really unflattering angle and I, I was did? like this hat looks so bizarre because I've seen you in that hat and then when you showed up today we walked into the building at the same time I'm like oh the hat looks good Oh my god, I thought I looked like really cute and snatched in the video. I guess I'll have to rethink myself. Yeah, but I think you look great. We had a great weekend celebrating your birthday. I know, I can't believe my birthday was on Friday. That feels like forever ago. We had such a good time. As predicted, the nibbling energy radiated. It was fiery. It radiated throughout the globe. The dynamic between the three puppers, like it was really so... Bruno and Theo got to spend a lot of the day together and it was very much, it was their first time meeting, it was very much like a big brother, little bu- mm-hmm. brother energy. Like everything Theo did, Bruno copied. It was so sweet. Then we got Knowles in the mix. And honestly, it was a little bit of a two-on-one like sniffing party. It was a sniff fest. It was a butt sniffing fest. It was a fest. sniff fest. Jackie had a butt sniffing party and everyone had an amazing time. Everyone had an amazing time. It was honestly such a great birthday just like Um, getting we haven't all been together and like getting all the nibblings together and just being seeing Michaela like it was just like a really honestly like ideal COVID birthday but also just like a nice ideal birthday period a hundred percent that's really how I felt I got amazing gifts from everyone I it has restored my faith and my love and material items and maybe that's why I wore this hat today because like I'm just like oh my gosh I have all these material items like I should wear them right so soon I'll be sitting here with a purse too. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, the Queen of England. Honestly, I, I got a, like a purse that matches this hat exactly. I should have, that would be hysterical. Yeah. I think that's what I have to do because otherwise my purses are just sitting there rotting. I'm going to start sitting with a purse on the show that matches my outfit. Yeah, I've really stopped, in, in like the times of COVID, I've stopped like leaving the house with a purse because all I really need is my mask to go to work and... I just feel like every time I leave the house, like I put so much wear and tear on my purses when it's like a purse only has so long of a shelf life. And the more I wear it, the shorter until it dies. Yes, I totally agree. And so I think I'm onto something here. Stay tuned for that. And it's just another reason why you should be watching the YouTube to see my fabulous hat. And yeah. And Theo. Maybe a purse tomorrow or maybe little Bruno tomorrow. He will be making an appearance this week. He'll be making an appearance this week. I have to fit it into his schedule. Um, His schedule is just, it's so difficult to coordinate. Of course. You know, not even because he's so busy, just because like, I don't know. He's regimented. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, it's really hard. Yeah. He's all over the place, but he's the (laughs) cutest, sweetest thing. So it's like worth cleaning up literal diarrhea. Like Do soft. you clean it up or does Zach? Actually, Zach does, and he's my hero because of it. 100%. We, we like tag team it, but he always gets whatever the worst job is, he's doing it. Well, that's what husbands are for. Yeah. No, it's it's really wonderful. Um, So aside from celebrating you this weekend, I really did not do much. Um, I watched I'm a lot of TV. It. Glad to hear it. I just really focused on you, you know? Thank you. That's how it should be um, every day. I spent... The majority of the weekend watching Filthy Rich, which is something we've spoken about wanting to watch. It is the Kim Cattrall show about, um, she basically runs a mega church, and all the talk about Carl Lentz last week, like, really just motivated me to watch it. Also, there's sometimes, like, a show has a title and a main character, and that's all I need to know. It's just the vibe. It is for me. 100%. Um, And I was, we weren't wrong. And there was only six episodes. I was, like, so annoyed when I tried to go to the next episode, and it was, like, over. But it's still airing now on FX, I think. And it's just... So good. It's like a, it's really dynasty, but like more Southern and more religious. Yeah. It's very, very good. It has that like dynasty glamorous feel, which is always what we're looking for in a show. So if you seek out that vibe along with us, Filthy Rich, like no questions asked. The script is also really good. I have some issues with some of like the character developments and the storylines and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. But other than, I I can put it all aside because it's just fabulous. It reminds me of GCB, which is a show that was unfairly canceled after one season due to my enormous love for it. And that'll, oh my God, I shouldn't say, speak too highly of Filthy Rich or it'll be gone. It'll get canceled, yeah. It'll be gone. The one thing I do have to say about it, which it reminds me of Dynasty in a negative way, it's like so overly dramatized, such a soap opera that like it's so unrealistic, like how people just like, 
switch sides so quickly and it's like everything's always at stake and that's the only thing where it's like I could see myself getting annoyed with the show but right now it's like finally given me something to do and Kim Cattrall is very good and she's one of those actresses who is burned in our memories so acutely as a character that she got famous off of that right, sometimes the mom for Mice Princess of course <laughs> sometimes it's to her detriment because you can't see her as anything us other than like Samantha Jones but I think she actually did a good job of like getting away from Samantha Jones in this role oh you know I really didn't think about her at all she does an amazing job of like being this person Margaret Monroe and she's a very complex character like I'm loving her character because in the beginning you think she's going to be one of these women who like wields her faith mm -hmm. to make the make God bend to her will and make people like do things for her in the name of the Lord right and it's She's more complex than that. 100%. She really is. And I really think that she is truly like a God-fearing, faithful woman who wants to do right. And and I love to see that. Yeah, me too. No, it's really, um, I've just been getting into like Christian stuff these weeks. And it's fine. Like, I love Filthy Rich. Yeah. And, and by the way, Jesus. I love Jesus. There's also, I feel like there's not many or any shows that are set in Louisiana. And I feel like just it being in New Orleans and like the Mardi Gras element of it and just like Louisiana like being like a major theme in the show is actually really interesting and mm -hmm. I like that it's filmed there. You know that's how I felt about one of those movies on Netflix with Sabrina Carpenter. Maybe it was Tall Girl? Yes. Yeah. It, that's where it was set and it was it was It was Louisiana, yeah. Yeah, it was like a whole other element to the show. The like, homes were so beautiful. The homes, the food, the culture, it was really really great. Tall Girl. Tall Girl. There's so many random movies like that. That was a weird one. That one and Sierra Burgess is a loser. We're probably um Tall, you know what? I'm not going to disgrace Tall Girl with being compared to Sierra Burgess because that movie was really bad. Yeah. Like, really bad. Yeah, you really didn't like that one. No. I, I mean, it's these are all, like, movies you only watch once. Yeah, of course. No, I never need to see Tall Girl ever again in my life. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> like, ever again. Yeah, no, I, I concur. Um, another thing that really kept me up all weekend was this cookie I've been following. Are you aware of the cookie? So I found out about this cookie from you and I saw how invested you were and I figured as like your sister, friend, confidant, like I owed it to myself and to you to, to watch, to look into the cookie. And what did you think? I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So there's this girl on TikTok who like literally the day before election day baked this huge map a cookie of America and she traced out every state and she was going to fill in with frosting each state that went red and each state that went blue and of course everyone knows we've been stalled on like the last six states for like five days now and it's infuriating because the cookie is like 97% full and there's like certain states that are just like blank beige cookie and I'm just like worried about the cookie because like things have taken a turn Florida cracked off she had to like stitch it back together and now it's like the cookie's going to go stale by the time we get like all the mail-in ballots like the cookie will be rotten. The, co the cookie will have mold on it. Ooh. I hope she's keeping it in like, like a... Like a freeze-dried... I don't think she is because I followed her um, on TikTok and she made this TikTok of like when Pennsylvania got called, she was like running through her house. Nobody knew it was going to get called. She's like running through her house to get to the cookie and the cookie's just sitting on her dining room table with all the supplies like, like out in the puzzle. open. Yeah, like a puzzle. Exactly. That's so I'm just, really funny. I'm really worried. Okay, well, we'll keep tabs on it. But speaking of cookies, I got the most amazing cookies for my birthday. From where? The ones of the nibblings. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, Funny Face Bakery. Funny Face Bakery. Zach got me these custom cookies with like me and Zach's face, the toast logo, redheads, and all of the nibblings' faces. So Theo, Magnolia, Bruno, and Kaylor. Well, I put it on my story, and a lot of people, because we've never seen what Kaylor looks like, a lot of people thought that baby was an, an announcement. So is there something you have to say today? No, what I have to say is the cookie was Kaylor. Um, if I were to announce, like I would never in my life 
if I were pregnant, like make a fusion cookie of my face and Zach's face it's of what weird. our baby would look like. Like, yeah. that's just not who I am. Some people thought it was American Camper, the cookie. I mean, in, in some ways it was. In, some, in, in so many ways, Kayler is the American Camper. Yeah. And so She's I just... She's the embodiment of... Of campers and Americans united. What's so crazy is I got so many amazing presents. Like, every single person hit it out of the park. But, like, those cookies meant so much to me. No, I know. It was because whoever got those for you, and it was Zach, like, just really knows you and, like, what's important to you and, like, the sentimental. Like, you really are very materialistic, but you're also incredibly sentimental. And, like, those cookies represented, like, that side of you. No, and, like, now he's like, what do you want to do with the cookies? And I'm like, well, we have to keep them forever. Like, get them in the frame. And I'm like, your gift was too Too good. good. And I'm never getting rid of the I put mine in the freezer, did you? No, I have to. But You, you know, have to. I'm like, I just do everything so slowly in the last minute. Like, yeah, that's just a fun fact about me. Um, we also, by the way, we have so much to do today because we didn't have a show on Friday because of your birthday. We didn't get a chance to recap the really groundbreaking episode of The Bachelorette. Do you ever think you would say that? No. Um, not, not since, honestly, like, Caitlin Bristow's season did I think, like, I would think that. Um, so we will be recapping that. And Real Housewives of Potomac was on last night. Um... And we have lots to say about both of them, including the Fast Five, which is full of stories. Full of stories that were designed to break Claudia's heart. Today is the episode that breaks Claudia's heart. Yeah, I, I agree. And so without further ado, I think we should just get into the Fast Five stories that'll break Claudia's heart that you need to know <laughs> before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And that's true. But if I might just get on my soapbox for one minute and let everyone know, really importantly, that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertises available, which may not be locally available to you in certain areas wherever you guys live. So this service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. So obviously there's tons of benefits to traditional therapy, but we're living in an unprecedented time and BetterHelp is an amazing service. I think a lot of people who might be anxious about starting therapy, starting it from home actually makes the jump into therapy, I think, a lot less scary. And they say, like, with therapists, like, you have to talk to a few, but you have to, like, shop around before you find the one that you want. And BetterHelp lets you do that. Um, You can try out different therapists, see who you fit with, no hard feelings, you want to jump to someone else. Um, BetterHelp is also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they have financial aid available. They are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you have been thinking about getting into therapy, Therapy, this is maybe the sign that you needed. Um, and if you want a special morning toast offer, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp, but you have to go to betterhelp.com slash toast. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash toast. Check it out. BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Get help. Better. First story, Alex Trebek, the legendary host of Jeopardy, has died at the age of 80. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek, who educated and entertained millions on the beloved quiz show, has died following his battle battle with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, the show said on Sunday. Jeopardy is saddened to share that Alex Trebek passed away peacefully at home early this morning, surrounded by family and friends. Thank you, Alec. Also, his final Jeopardy... Alec? Alex, sorry. Oh my God, you scared me. Okay. His final Jeopardy episode is set to air on Christmas Day. Right. They have episodes pre-taped, so people I thought think were like nervous that it was just over. Yeah, but I think it's beautiful that the last one won't be on Christmas. A parting yeah. gift. So 
I just have to warn everyone, I definitely will cry because I cried all day yesterday when I found out and I was really hit like hard. And I did a lot of soul searching as to why I think it upset me so much. And I think it upset people around the world. Like people took it really hard. And you know, he's 80 years old. It's not uncommon for an 80 year old to pass away, but something about this felt different. For sure. And he like lived an incredibly full and beautiful life. So here's what it's boiled down to. I think there's, it's multifaceted why America has been hit by this news so hard. The first is that I think a lot of people relate to pancreatic cancer, it being just like a really devastating disease. Like I was talking to Heather McMahon and that's how her father passed away. And I just think like people who have experiences with pancreatic cancer, like know how painful it is. And I think a lot of people just related to that element of his death. I think on a larger scale, like why we all feel so sad about this and sentimental is like Jeopardy has been on for what, like 35 years? And Alex Trebek has hosted it the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I think that people relate Jeopardy to like certain phases of their life. Like, oh, I watched with my grandpa, I sat on his lap. Like you always, there's like a family member or nostalgic memory that you connect back to Jeopardy because it's just always been on. Like it's never not been on. And I think a lot of people relate like to their childhood or family members or certain people in their life who are no longer here and they relate Jeopardy to that. Yeah. And it's just like always been this like stable, constant thing where it's like the world is so unreliable at times, but Jeopardy just like has always been there. And it's like, it's a warm feeling to know like that no matter what, like Jeopardy is on, you know? Yeah. And then the third thing that I think like I took really hard and I was literally saying this last week is like, I recently added Jeopardy like into my everyday routine and it's just been like this nice stable thing. And Alex Trebek is like this like leader in a way like he's just very he's like a man of integrity and this has been a tough year for everyone for a multitude of reasons and I think everyone can feel like we as a country are so divided and like people just like hate each other right now and they can't agree on anything but like I think we can all agree that like Jeopardy is a great show and Alex Trebek was like a man of integrity and he was there for us and he was just like well respected by everyone not not people in academics or people in entertainment but just like literally everyone on the planet had respect for Alex Trebek and that's just like a nice thing that like we can all agree on that and I don't know why it just like hit me so hard but I don't know and I'm trying to find like people die and it's sad but like why was I so upset and I think that's why I think that like it's been a hard year and Alex Trebek has just been there for us yeah he's like one of Jeopardy is one of these things he's one of these people who just sort of like anchor us yeah and it's like then when you look at his career, it's like he got so famous and he probably has a ton of money and he's been married to the same woman for 35 years. And like, you just don't find that because like I said, Alex Trebek was a man of integrity. Yeah. And I just think we have so few people like that and he should be remembered for all of those things and yeah. his respect for academia. I agree. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, if a week ago you, you had asked us like, what are the things that like we can all agree on who are people that everybody who are universally beloved like I honestly wouldn't have thought of Jeopardy being like this universally loved thing but that's exactly what it is and that's exactly why you don't think of it as this universally beloved thing because it's so reliable it's a constant and there's just nothing these days that's reliable like you can't rely on anyone or anything but now that it's gone we realize like we can rely on Jeopardy and we could rely on Alex Trebek and it's very upsetting it's really really and I was like crying and I'm like why am I crying so I did some you know introspective searching and I was like this is why and I think there's good reason now obviously everyone is all like who is going to replace him who's going to replace him who's going to replace him and whoever does replace him has the absolute hardest job in the world but um a lot of people are saying it's going to be Ken Jennings 
Oh, I would love that. Who is like the, he has won the most amount of Jeopardy. You know on Jeopardy, if you win, you come back the next day. And like some people get to go. And then if you win that one, you come back the next day. So some people have been like five, six, seven, eight. Ken Jennings won 75 in a row. Um, he's won like over $5 million from Jeopardy. Like the game shows, the all-star rounds. He wrote a book. So honestly, he's really, really smart. Yes, I feel like he has the ties to Jeopardy, but does he have the hosting chops? Like, it's not just about be being learned. able to read off a teleprompter, though. It's like that warmth that Alex Trebek exudes into your yeah. home. And act that part, like, can't be. No, that's true. I don't know. I mean, those are just, that's the only name I saw being, like, floated around. I don't know who else. I mean, honestly, like, Scott Rogowski. Uh, okay, so I've been waiting to bring up the HQ of it all because <laughs> I feel like that was the only time in recent history where, like, the power of Jeopardy was in Jeopardy. Yeah. Like, everyone saying Scott, he was quizzy Trebek. Like, he was the only person who was like, is he going to be the next Alex Trebek? Mm -hmm. That did not happen. No, and we actually had him on the show when we were on The Morning Breath. And I think that he's a great host, but exactly what you said, Ken Jennings doesn't have, like, that warm, welcome people into your home spirit. He definitely doesn't have. Like, he got so famous so fast. And I just remember meeting him and being like, oh, it all went to his head. Like, he was a little bit of a dick. Like, he was like, oh, are you guys nervous to, like, be interviewing me? I'm like, like no. No, you're literally, like, a host. Like, like us. Like, on a internet show like <laughs> like get us. over it like he was just like a little bit of a dick and that's what separated Alex Trebek none of it ever got to his head like he was yeah. always this humble man of honor and that's so rare and I don't know how we replicate it but I don't think Jeopardy as a show should end like it's an iconic no, no and I don't think that's what Alex would want no me neither but I do wonder if he knew that he was going to pass away and maybe, like, left us a message at the last episode. Like, I'm really hoping for that. Even though, like, he really does not get personal on the show. Like, it's really all about the contestants. Interesting. I feel like there might be something. We'll have to stay tuned. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will literally be watching every episode now until Christmas because... And then you can start from the beginning, like, 20 seasons. Worth yeah. Of it's just, like, I'm, I'm really upset. And I just wanted to give a voice to people who I know are, like, so upset. Like, who used to watch with their grandma. And, like, the show and Alex, it symbolizes so much more than, like, entertainment. It symbolizes, like, it's, a, it's the backbone of American entertainment. It really is. And Alex Trebek was the man. Like, he was the guy. And I'm really, really upset by it. Like cried to like literally all day like Ben got home from golf and he was like how was your day I'm like it was literally horrible and I'm like so upset about Alex Trebek dying he's like yeah me too and then I started breaking down he's like oh you're like actually upset I'm like no no I'm devastated and I, and I just I'm really upset like I can't say anything other than that like I'm, I'm I'm devastated I'm heartbroken I'm sorry it's okay maybe you should be the host of Jeopardy I think in order to be the host of Jeopardy you can't be a dumb bitch so unfortunately that puts me out of the running. Maybe but I should be the host of Jeopardy. Definitely. I think I have that warmth. What is Jackie O? I feel like this hat would just kill it on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. The viewers would love it. They would love it. They would love it. Okay. Next story, switching gears a little bit because um, some drama at Dancing with the Stars that's oh. like full of inferences. But Gleb Savchenko, who is a Dancing with the Stars pro, who was just partnered with Chriselle Staus, he is splitting from his wife, Elena, and now Elena is accusing the star of ongoing infidelity. So I just want to say, like, I did put this out into the ether when I re recapped the first episode of Dancing with the Stars because every season, Gleb gets paired up with, like, a young, hot thing, and I'm like, everyone's shipping them, and then you remember he has this wife who, like, we never see, like, right. ever. But, but he's always paired with someone who you would, like, ship him with, and then it, that never happens. Right, but I do believe I did say a few weeks ago that, like, I could see, like, this being the one that takes the marriage down and I just want credit for like literally being psychic okay but it's not confirmed if 
the no. two of them had an affair. No, but Corchelle did speak out, being like, stop making things up. Okay, well, Elena Samadonova is speaking out following her split from her husband and Dancing with the Stars pro, Gleb Savchenko. She tells people that her trust in the professional dancer has been irrevocably broken and is accusing him of ongoing infidelity. After 14 years of marriage and multiple affairs, oh. I've decided enough is enough. Gleb and I have created a family and multiple businesses together, but apparently it just wasn't enough to keep our marriage strong, she tells people. Gleb's ongoing infidelity and a recent inappropriate relationship has created turmoil in our marriage and absolutely torn our family apart. She um, said that he has been seeing another woman recently. Okay, so there's so much like to glean from this, but I feel like she's like taking us, she's pointing us in the direction of right. look at Chriselle and his past dancing partners. Right, so like that, of like course, every single person you shipped him with was an affair. No, of course. That's what I feel like she's trying to and, say. And I think that she was very intentional in her language because yeah. without explicitly saying like this is what happened, she was, she did paint quite a picture. Yeah. Um, and I kind of love that she's like not protecting him. Like, like, if you're going to cheat on your wife, like, everyone should know, like, you're that type of guy. And I, like, love that she's really not holding back, which means she's, like, really, really hurt. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, it, you know, it's, there have been other affairs, I just feel like she's airing it all. Good. She's mentioning it all. Well, honestly, like, if I was ever on Dancing with the Stars, like, I would want Gleb to be my partner because he really is, like, so handsome. Like, not just hot. Like, he's a mature, handsome gentleman. Well, and how mature if he's cheating on No, no. I'm just talking about looks-wise. Like, just, I would want to dance with him. Like, just, you know, gyrate all the things. So, I can, I can see how, like, it, it's very tough to be married to that person who's constantly being hooked up with Erica Jane. And, like, it's, like, yeah. everyone. Yeah, who's being bodies pressed up. Yeah, and then, like holding each other a little too tight when you're being judged where That's it's like you don't the craziest part about dancing with the stars the way that they squeeze each other when they're getting their judging when they're done when they're not yes, supposed to be touching yes. everyone not just Gleb and his partner yeah like every couple they squeeze each other so hard I'm like ow yeah no and it's like you can really tell when there's vibe because there's been a lot of couples that have come from the show Nikki and Artem right and there is like that Robert Herjavec Right. There is like that energy. I think like when you're in Dancing with the Stars, you're secluded because you all live in this apartment complex and it's just like work, dance, work, dance. And it's your whole life. And it's kind of like The Bachelor. It's like this heightened sense of like emotion. And I think it's like an easy place to fall in love. Yeah. Especially when everyone is like young and good looking. But Chriselle is saying this isn't about her. Yeah. But, uh, the statement from Gleb's ex-wife like truly uh, says otherwise. Christine Quinn was in my dream last night. She is just killing it. I know. She's like the cover of Harper's Bazaar. Mm -hmm. she, Cosmo. Yep. She's like shooting everything. Good for her. I guess we should be expecting a new season of Selling Sunset relatively soon. Yeah, I feel like they're filming now. But I always say that about every show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think we ever um, really spoke about how... What's her name? Davina? Yeah. She's not coming back. That makes sense. Like I, Every season that I watched when she was like back on the screen, I was like... Oh. Oh, this girl. I feel like she was never even a cast member. She just no. like, was still working there. No, and she like made a, li a little bit of an impact at the end of this season. So if there was ever for a time for her to like not leave, it would be now. Yeah. But maybe she can handle like she got so much negative like feedback. People just really were upset with her and did not like her. And she was like the butt of like all these memes. And that's like really fucking hard to take. Right. But also I feel like she was barely on the show. The only time she was on was like negative stuff. Everyone right. else, it's like, okay, you're work life being balance. bitchy. But like we also see like great sides of you. So yeah. like, you get a little bit of both. But she only had like the times she was talking shit yeah and moistenite that's true moistenite yeah well that was um reminding me of uh, robin dixon yes hers wasn't moistenite it was like moinenite yeah yeah, yeah. which but, is like better yes but not 
Blah. But speaking of infidelity, fired Hillsong Church pastor Carl oh, Lentz. Oh, I think we mean to say, and speaking of other things, Claudia very accurately predicted. Yes. Carl Lentz is admitting that he cheated on his wife a day after it was revealed that celebrity pastor Carl Lentz was fired from the star-studded Hillsong for leadership issues and breaches of trust. The specifics of his moral failures have come to light. He cheated on his wife. He said, quote, I was unfaithful in my marriage, the most important relationship in my life, and held accountable for that. This failure is on me and me alone, and I take full responsibility for my actions. I now begin a journey of rebuilding trust with my wife, Laura, and my children, and taking real time to work on and heal my own life and seek out the help that I need. So I get that he feels like he owes an explanation to his community, but something about this just strikes me in a weird way because at the end of the day, like you cheating on your wife, although deplorable, like is your personal business. And but like when your job is a man um, of faith, a yeah. man of faith and like your person, like it's the personal is the professional is the religious is the spiritual. Those things matter. Yeah. It just feels like he's literally apologizing, like for getting a DUI, which like you do owe people an apology for, but like in your marriage, like you owe your wife an apology. I get like, I get it. I, I do. But things like this just like feel weird to me when you feel the need to explain to the public, like why, why you did something in your personal life, you know? I agree with you in general, but not in this situation because like as a spiritual leader, your actions like in your personal life matter. Of course. And so I just, I can't believe that he like, just told us straight up. I know. I thought we were going like, to be wondering. That like what you heard exactly was true. And a moral fa- failure is a euphemism for cheating right. on your wife. Right. Well, now we know. Now we know. You know, church speak. Yes. Now we do. And now with watching Filthy Rich, we'll know more. Right. No, totally. It's so good. And it's so just like intertwined. I actually was out to dinner with a few friends like two nights ago. And I was just like wanting to gossip about like Hillsong and like Carol Lenz. And like nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. And I was like trying to explain to them like mega churches and just like this. And like nobody knew or like wanted to gossip with me and it was really really hard and I needed you there I'm sorry but that's why we have this yes okay I have to apologize again because the next story is I know is going to break you down I know what it is mm-hmm. and I just want you to be very delicate delicate in in your delivery I will. because it's this is not my day bachelor nation's Derek Peth is engaged to Saffron Badher after Finally, years of realizing that Claudia Ashray is married, she's going to stay married, and that they have no actual future together, so he has decided to move on with someone else. You know what? What makes this so painful is, like, I just really thought he would wait for me forever, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't expect that from someone. No. It's unreasonable. I know that, but it doesn't make it any less painful. Yeah. The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise alum proposed to his girlfriend, model Saffron Bedher. On November 8th, he posted an Instagram video of her showing off her new sparkling ring. He also tweeted, she said yes. While neither have said anything further about their engagement, the well wishes have poured in for the reality star and the British Vogue cover girl. Ooh, that must hurt. No, what makes it all the more painful is that she's this like... Beautiful, stunning, and smart. Stunning <laughs> woman. And like, she seems to be like, you know cosmopolitan and educated and like there's literally you know nothing bad I can say about her and I want to yeah and that's really the hardest part yeah well she looks like you so I you know what I actually agree yeah but like you know way more beautiful but it's fine well your feelings aside I'm really happy for Derek me too he is someone who has been in the franchise for a really long time and that's when you see someone's true colors and I think that he is a precious gem he's always been a good guy he's always been very nice and I'm very happy for him even like on all of his stints in the shows like all he really you could tell like his intentions were pure and like all he wanted was love and I'm so glad that he found that me too I agree like he's 
time after time, eventually, like, you see who people are, like, whether it's on Paradise or... And I just felt like every time he was, like, being sent home brokenhearted. Like, I think JoJo sent him home really prematurely. I was really shocked. Then he got caught up in this, like, Tasha Demi, whatever situation, where it's like he just couldn't get his... Couldn't land on his feet. And now I feel like he has, like, a nice future with a nice girl. And I really am, like, really, really happy for him. I had I was going to text him, like, congrats. But, like, it honestly felt weird because, like, all I, do is, all I do is, like, joke about how, like, we're in love. Because so you are a whale. I, I thought it would be, like, really inappropriate. But just know, Derek, like, I'm sending you so much love. That's beautiful. Claudia, that's beautiful. That's part of being an adult growing up, you know? You just got to accept that things are what they are. And yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Fifth and final story. Doesn't make it any less devastating. No, I know. And and we're here for you. I know. All of us, right? And I know that Theo too. everyone thought of me when they heard the news, and that did make me <laughs> laugh. So <laughs> thank you. Okay, fifth and final story. Scott Disick, 37, oh. and Amelia Hamlin, 19, have dinner together. This is really shady. I mean, I've been seeing, you know, pictures that... Never exclusively of them two, but them being paparazzi in and out of the same restaurant yes. in five minutes. So there's been a lot of like grumblings about whether they're together. I don't know if this is a confirmation, it, but I don't like it's still not a confirmation, but you know, it's a where there's smoke, there's fire situation. And so unless they're like collabing on something for talentless or, you know, dropping a song together, mm-hmm. like I don't know why they're going to dinner so much. But they're continuing to spark rumors by having dinner with each other on Saturday night, a week after they raised eyebrows by arriving at Kendall Jenner's Halloween birthday party together. They both shared pictures on their Instagram stories of their pasta-heavy meal at Trey Lunet restaurant in Montecito, California. I mean, I just know that, like, Lisa Rinna is in the backyard bowing to God, thanking him so much. Like, please let this relationship work. Please let me be a Kardashian affiliate. Like, she has a full shrine in her closet, and she is just praying to God on her knees every night, bowing to her head. Please, dear God, let this work. Let this work. Let my Amelia become a Kardashian. Like, I just I just know that that's the kind of woman she is. So for her sake, I really want this to work out just so she, you know, maybe so she can have some joy. Okay, I just want to say, like, I want on the record, I'm really not here for this. Me too. Like, first of all, the age difference is... It's wild. It's not okay. And I feel like after literal a year of him dating Sophia, we all sort of were just like, okay, I guess, you know, age has no number, right. love has no age or whatever. And also, Sophia's three years older than Amelia. Okay. Um, I just, I think, and now having dated someone so young before and now young again, like, I just, I really don't... I'm no. no, it's a, no. It is really 19 creepy. and 37. Yeah, no, 19 like is really young. Hollywood really normalizes a lot of things um, that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to be a part of this one. So, I mean, if they are together for years and get married, like eventually I will build my ship and right. I will set sail. It took us a while to get on the Sophia it ship took too. Us, like uh, almost a year of them being in a real committed relationship for us to see, say like, oh, okay, maybe, you know. This age, is true love. You know, souls have no age. Yeah, and I do think for the most part, like, that is true. But when someone time and time again is like only dating like children, it's weird. Yeah. I agree. And maybe in a year from now, if they're still together, like I would feel so differently. And I'd look back on this and be like, I see what you were saying, but they're really in love. But it's eyebrow raising and we would be remiss if we didn't bring up like how strange it is. And if the ages and genders were reversed, that would be the first thing everyone was, would be saying. Oh my God, of course. So like, and it, they would be like, it's gross. Right. This is just, it's, it's something to think about. 
Yeah. Because it is borderline I, inappropriate. I just, I hope that it's not a romantic thing. I hope they're collabing on something exciting for the customers. I mean, she like customers. is so the type of girl who would be like a model for Talentless. For sure. So maybe it's something exciting for the customers. But I don't know if Scott, you know, takes all the models for Talentless out to dinner and then to his sister-in-law's birthday party. I don't know. Maybe he's that kind of boss. Maybe. That's true. I don't know what type of boss he is, but I'm just... I'm not seeing it. Okay. Um, TV recap segment, The Bachelorette and Real Houses of Potomac, brought to you by Lovebook. Please listen, because I get DMs literally probably the most about this brand, being like, what was that brand? I want to get a gift for my mom. So listen up, because Lovebook is the fabulous thing that you need. It's a personalized gift, personalized gift that helps people express their feelings that might be difficult to say out loud. Most customers use a Lovebook to revisit their fondest memories or to list the reasons why they love someone. Lovebooks are completely customizable, and people can use them however they like. So for Christmas coming up, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, if there's someone in your life who's really sentimental, like honestly, like material items, just don't do it for them. And you're, you're beyond like the classic like picture frame gift. I think that love book is really, really sweet. Every love book is a custom and unique and a really uh, special gift that most people have never received. It's really great for someone who has everything or someone who you really, really care about. Um, it costs less than a flower delivery. You can have a completely customly, completely custom personalized gift that will last for years. Love one is love book is a gift for anyone you care about your parents children partner best friend maybe even a teacher oh that's really sweet I never thought oh my of that God. teacher the, or maybe a counselor for the counselor in your life um, you have the option to personalize each page page as much as you like they have an express option where you can create a complete book in just a few minutes they're the perfect gift for any occasion but especially for anniversaries birthdays and Christmases I got one for Ben it's like so sweet and I also got one for Ben's mom she's very very sentimental um, and she's honestly really hard to shop for and so when it, we had them as a sponsor love book I'm like this is perfect for Ava and it's really it like makes people feel really good and that's like the best part of gift giving is like the sentiment so if you want to visit lovebookonline.com slash toast, you can receive a special 20% discount only for, your, for our listeners. But you have to use the link lovebookonline.com slash toast. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash toast for a special 20% discount. Get your holiday gifts in. It's almost, it's almost that time, y'all. Yes. Tis the season. How exciting. Okay, so we want to do Bachelorette first, yes, right? Let me pull our, up my notes. And now it is time for After Dale. Now we will find out what will happen after Dale. So Claire blew up The Bachelor. Something wasn't off. Chris Harrison went in, helped her. Um, now, say what you want about whether you think this is too fast or she's being irrational, which is what some people are saying. To me, what the problem I really had with Claire... This episode was, she was just like a little too unapologetic to everyone. Like, and I get that you're here for you and you're so set on finding the man of your dreams. But I do think it's worth mentioning that she literally did not apologize to anyone. Like, we could talk about the guys, but like, even when she was talking to Chris Harrison, like, she wasn't like, sorry, like, yeah, I fucked up. She was like, this is what I want. And I just felt like she took like little, literally no responsibility for like, fucking the whole thing up. Well, don't you know she won't apologize for love? No, I know. And I, by the way, and I get that. But you could apologize to the people whose lives you made difficult production. Like, yeah, well, she wound up, did, she did wind up saying that to the guys. Like, sorry if I wasted her time. She only said that after the guy was like, can you apologize to yeah, us? Yeah, And so I just felt like that's where I was most upset. I'm not going to judge her. Do I think it's too fast yet? Do I think they're going to last forever? No. But I love that she's hopeful and that's great and wonderful and great. Whatever. Yeah. What I mean, bothered me, what I'm going to be upset with her about is like her unwillingness to like apologize to all these people for fucking the whole thing up. Yeah. I mean, 
yes, for me, it's like, I understand she's in a tough spot. She only has eyes for Dale. For and she can't, like, even fake it with the other guys. But, like, I don't know. I just, I don't think it bodes well for the rest of their relationship. And I really... I understand why they got engaged, but I don't think that part bodes well for the rest of their relationship either. They should have left together and started a relationship. Of course. But then, like, the bachelor doesn't get what the bachelor needs. And also, they want to be engaged and get the ring, et cetera. But now it's just, like, they're engaged after literally less than two weeks of knowing each mm-hmm. other. And that's not a recipe for success. No. And, of course, you know, every now and then, you know, Claire was telling us her parents met once and they've been married for 40 years. Like, there are situations like that. They don't really happen on The Bachelor, if I'm being real realistic. Um, but I agree. Like, The Bachelor having this thing where, like, if you're leaving here, you have to be engaged. It's ruined many a relationship. Cassie and Colton, like, it was like a whole thing. Rachel and Peter, remember? It's like, sometimes the engagement is what ruins a perfectly good relationship. And I don't, when Dale, when they told Dale that he was going to have to get engaged, and I don't think he thought, because of course, why would I have to get engaged to someone I met two weeks ago? He was shook. And I do think they edited it to make us think, like, is this going to happen? Is he going to get down? Is he going to bounce? And then, like, when they're finally proposing, Chris Harrison comes out and he's like, I just want to let you know we're so proud of you. And it's like, Dale's supposed to be coming out. Like, they were trying to fuck with us. Yeah, I thought it was really nice of Chris Harrison to say that because clearly, you know, it must be a really big deal deal for her to do that to the show. And she's trusting her gut. And just, I think in general, when someone says that they're proud of you and with someone that you respect, like, it means the world. And when you're doing something, like, kind of crazy. Yeah, and so I was happy for her that she got that. I just don't... It doesn't signal like the fact that she couldn't even compartmentalize her feelings for Dale realize this might just be lust let me see everything else that's out there so when I do make my decision I know for sure that I made the right one I've exhausted every option and the fact that she couldn't like even do that see past her lust or love or you know googly eyes infatuation yeah is immature yeah no I completely agree you know like Ask anyone who's been a lead. There are people in the beginning who you just vibe with. But I also think that the way that the show normally is, where you're whisked to these places and everything is so beautiful and overwhelming, it allows you to be transported with this next person and this yeah. next person. And But when they're literally staying in the same vicinity, she's like, oh, well, Dale's next door. Yeah, come on over. I'd, so I feel like the way that this show was done for COVID also worked against her being able to... Um, participate in the journey i i agree with that for sure um i did feel like we just were robbed of getting to know these guys in any way because like literally we're just finding out that blake bought a book on dementia just like to learn about what claire's going through with her mom and i just cried like seriously like kill me like when he said that i'm like that is so sweet and like that's a good guy who literally never got a chance yeah i just need to say something about blake because like when we first met him i was like I, there's like a few guys in Bachelor Nation where I'm like, oh my God, this is just the greatest guy. And and I still think he's so cute and like a nice guy. Um, But I just feel like less so. Why? I don't know. I just feel like he was taking it all. Like, I think he really thought that like him and Claire. He was taking it really personally. I think he thought he was winning. Yeah. And I don't know why he would think that. Mm -hmm. He was taking it extremely personally. But I do like that he was emotionally invested. Yeah. But I just felt like it was a little too much for me where some of the other guys had better reactions. Also, when they were all sitting around, everyone was kind of giving her a hard time. And then she said, I won't apologize for love. And someone was like, I forget who it was, but this man is like a, re- like a good fucking guy. He was like, as you shouldn't. And then everyone sort of turned. I don't no, agree with that. No, but like, listen, sorry. she's made her decision. You don't need you to sit there. Oh, these men an apology. Sh- I'm sure. sorry, you do. And the fact no, that you only said- apologize when that one guy was like, 
can you just like acknowledge like what you're doing is right. annoying? Okay, and she said, I'm sorry if I wasted your time. I'm sorry if I'm But it took I'm a 38 year old woman like okay. literally a whole day and a coercion to apologize. Okay, and so she, and then she apologized, but she said, I won't apologize for love. And that one guy just like threw her fucking bones. Yes. And the rest of the guys were like, we're happy for you. And I was just happy for her that like, that the painful part of the conversation was over. And I just thought that guy was like a really stand up guy to turn the like angry yeah. men into just being like, okay. I think that of all the ways she could have handled it, she handled it extremely poorly. Yeah, making them sit around all day for days. Dates for moved, days. dates canceled, rose ceremonies canceled. They literally just sat in that room for like 72 hours, like hostages. No, 100%. And then I just think her demeanor was off. Like, I think the guys could be happy for her but also want their time and effort and quarantine acknowledged. And I don't think that's unreasonable. And I just think the fact that like it wasn't even at the forefront of her mind to apologize, not for doing what she's doing, but for just being sympathetic. Like it took a whole thing for them to get here. Some of them have kids. Like they, And the fact that it literally didn't even cross her mind that she should apologize for like wasting their time and their efforts, like is why she's really, really selfish. And like that is what bothered me most about the whole thing. I don't, I don't judge her for her calls or her judgment in, in Dale. She thinks she's doing the right thing for herself. She's a grown woman. I can acknowledge that. But I just think like it really rubbed me the wrong way. Like just the way she totally time every episode, she was disrespecting these guys in like another, in another way. Yeah. Okay. I, that's fair for me. Like I just would have been bored to tears if of I course. were them. But then Tasha shows up and, and honestly, it's like so exciting. But then it's like, when you see previews, it does settle in. It's like, it's not a great position for Tasha to be coming into like second, option yeah I wish they would bring in some more guys too, I do think it's that not, they do it's not fair that Claire got 25 and Tasha will get 15 who, maybe, all, who are already into Claire maybe the 10 that were sent home is Tasha's perfect man right no I do think that they have guys in the back oh that would be great in yeah. the stock room it will definitely be there will be growing pains I think that will make for interesting TV we'll see who was able to set their feelings aside like I said that guy I think his name is Jason who was on the first one-on-one -on -one who like opened up yes. even though he's clearly like a completely closed garden he's struggling book. he is struggling like that I mean he how might you, send himself home like he's gonna have trust issues for forever. the rest of his life because what what Claire did to him on that date I thought was really weird like was unnecessary even if they wound up like getting married like you don't need to spill your whole life and your secrets and your innermost feelings on, on first, day one on a first date with someone and you're ever. not a bad guy if you don't want to do that no and then the whole dress thing it was like so dramatic um I'm looking forward to truly being done with Claire because um, I, I, part of me just feels really bad for her. I think that like she's getting so much like hate. Bachelor Nation is fucking vicious. It's just like really can be really, really mean. And I do really feel bad for her. But at the same time, I'm like, I understand why people are frustrated with her. It's like you literally went off on Matt James for being on Cameo because he didn't respect the opportunity he's been given. And like you literally left the show and you didn't respect the opportunity you've been given. That's so funny. Claire should take my phone because I haven't seen like any of this hate for her. Oh, I have. Yeah, Look I also Instagram. haven't looked for it. Um, oh, uh, her, yeah. Oh, but now, you know, of course, w once things are official, there's, I've seen a million things. People saw Dale a few weeks ago at Hillstone on a date with a girl. Multiple people have accounted for it. Apparently they're not together. There's all this hoopla. They went live on Instagram. Claire was like giddy, giddy, giddy. Um, do I think that this is the greatest love story of our generation? No. No. I am going to say that I'm going to say I think they might still be together. I think he could be at dinner with a girl and it not be um, him on a date. I haven't seen everything. 
But I'm going to, what I've been doing with The Bachelor and a lot of shows, I feel like even Real Housewives shows, is I'm just watching the show. I'm not watching the after shows. I'm not watching the Instagram lives. I'm barely following on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm just watching the show in front of me. And I, I just go by that. Okay. Even, like, even though that's not, it's weird when it's reality TV and it's like, no, there's all this other there's so shit much happening. More. But I'm just being a viewer. Okay, well, I'm being a sleuth, and that's what the sleuth is Because I've done The Bachelor viewing where I'm looking at spoilers, reading every tweet, looking at all the comments, who's liking what, who's following who, and it's exhausting. Like, this is just, I feel like, lighter. I mean, The Bachelorette, like, being a fan of the franchise, like, is literally exhausting. It's a full-time job. Yeah, look at Snatchler. Literally. Check out The Snatchler for a uh, new episode recapping what we just did. Um, then Real Housewives of Potomac was on last night. Just really a, a wonderful part of the week. Great way to start the week. It's they're in Portugal, they're on this trip, and I am feeling really like dead steadfast in my sentiments from last week. Is that like I'm like really being close to be complete to being completely done with Giselle. I am completely done with Giselle. Like the fact that every time they sit down at a meal, she's prodding people. So Ashley has Michael, Ashley has Dean. Well, Karen has how's uh Ray? Like she knows what people are going through and she just wants to exploit that for conversation. And if anyone even thinks of asking her about what's going on in her life, the hypocrisy, she's just so closed off and and she takes everything as an attack when it's like literally you bring up Karen, how's your relationship with Wendy? Like you Karen, bring do up- you have to pay your husband back like something that you shared when you were drunk and now I'm also going to make fun of you like for not drinking. She literally like exploits people's insecurities and no one's and then gets so mad and it kind of had a lot of respect for Robin for taking um Karen's side in that conversation yes and then I had even less respect for Giselle that like she had to sit down with Robin and be like you need to have my back and it's like Robin will have no future on this show if her role is only echoing Giselle's friend like what she there was nothing wrong with what she said and once Giselle had that reaction to Robin I was like really almost like pretty much completely turned I felt like everything that Karen said even though it's no one wants to call anyone out and put someone else on the spot she was completely on right. point the for fact years. that Giselle for years brings up everyone's business tells everyone what everyone else says if someone is being a little shady she calls everything out and that same openness does not apply to her it is hypocrisy you know and honestly I think everyone needs to take on this mentality because every time they flash back to something Giselle did I'm like why did I stand her so much? Like, she when she wore that t-shirt, they did that flashback. So fucking mean. So mean. And then they show Karen's face and, like, the hurt. The pain. In, like, there's, like, point one second where it's, like, shock, hurt. And then, like, she goes back to, like, just playing it cool. And, like, it is so sad. Especially knowing now that Giselle's best friend has yep. tax issues. Where's your t-shirt? Where's your t-shirt? I couldn't agree more. Honestly, my favorite part of the episode was when... <laughs> Karen Huger, after they land, bumps her head getting into the car and then pretends to faint. Oh, my God. Because I don't know why. Like, something about her, like, her body went completely, like, limp. It was so funny. She is literally, like, I, and I never thought I would be here saying, like, I can't stand Giselle. Like, I think Karen Huger is the smartest woman in the world. Like, I, I literally can't stand Giselle. And I think Karen Huger is the smartest one. Like, I respect Karen Huger so much. Like, I believe everything she says. I think she's really, really smart. And, like, I do think she has good intentions. And that's the thing. I always knew Giselle didn't have the best intentions. But it was, like, funny and entertaining. And now it's, it's crossed the line to being mean. Yeah, I totally agree. Karen, Monique, and Ashley, I absolutely love them. They're so open. Unco- like, they get uncomfortable. And they also were good friends to one another. And, and right now, that's my team. Right. Let's talk about the Ashley statement. Because I feel like 
there's a lot about Monique and Ashley's relationship that we don't know. I think, but I love that Ashley is even being so open as to being like Monique had my back last year. Yeah, when it came to Michael, like I'm gonna have her back. That's something that most people wouldn't, wouldn't say. say. She wouldn't. Most people like wouldn't bring it up again. Acknowledge and, and acknowledge it. Like maybe there was a tape. Mm-hmm. Like I co- totally agree. And we she she told us that Monique has actually known for a while that. Ashley and Michael have this sort of open relationship. So I think there's a lot about their friendship that we don't know. And also, what the fuck does Ashley owe Candace? Like, Candace has been horrible to Ashley. Horrible. Of course she would write a statement. And of course Candace reacts the way that she reacts. Candace is so immature. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to get over her reaction to finding out that Monique was countersuing her. It's like a child. Like, yes, of course you think you're right. But, like, you brought it into the legal hemisphere. Of course Monique is going <laughs> to protect herself and her family. Like, but it's such an irrational reaction. Her reaction was so wild but re-watching it again in the preview when she do was you like, have no scruples <laughs> she used the word scruples. scruples it was brilliant it was honestly hysterical i totally agree do you have no such a scruples. random word to use and i was like but i get it like that's a great word to use yeah i agree um and then like we're still going back and forth on like wendy and karen and like i have to say like it's hard for me to say it, but, like, I just, like, really don't like Wendy. Like, no. she's bothering me so much. Like, I feel like she just wants to make an impact as a housewife. So, like, this degrees thing is, like, she thinks it's, like, her battle. And, like, she's going to make, you know, empowering statements left, right, and center. And, like, it is empowering. Like, I really, really respect that you have four degrees. And, like, can't say that enough. But it's, like, you got to move on. You have got to move on. When she brought it up again. At, after after was, the cable car? After she had already buttoned it. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, no. But when she told the story about how she got her name. I was shook. The most wonderful story I've ever heard. I agree. It was really sweet. Like, I didn't know where she was going with the story. When I figured it out, I was like, Wendy, Wendy's. I, I was like, <laughs> I was just like, the girls, they were like, where is she going with this story? Yeah. Like, no, another then, degree story. Like, <laughs> and then it was Wendy's. I was like, oh my God, I love that. I yeah. love the name Wendy too. Wendy's an interesting gal because I really teeter between having so much respect for her and then like really wanting her to stop talking. Yeah, I think that's like what you can come to expect from a housewife, you know? That's true. Robin Dixon was truly MIA this episode. Like, I don't even know. Oh, except she did, um, she did wear this striped tank top on the cable car. The dress. The dress that was like so awful and ugly and I just, she really made, she really made an an impact with that dress. In that dress, yeah. Yeah. It was really awful. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, but it was a good episode. I mean, there's so much happening in Potomac. Like, it honestly has been, like, a good season, but also, like, a bad one. I can't explain. Yeah, because, like, this fight has so- sort of has been, like, stuck in the mud. Yeah. We have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on Wednesday. I'm so excited. When it I was, looks so good. When I was watching OC, oh, no, when I was watching something this week, there they had was, a 60-second. Yes, like a preview. Oh, my God, it looks so good. It's such a diverse group of women, and I think... I really think it's going to be excellent. I'm just hoping, you know me, I'm very surface level. I just hope most of them have some money because I can't deal. It looks like they do. I just don't like when like you go on a housewife's trip and you know that like this is the nicest way they travel. Like they don't normally fly, fly first class or they don't normally stay in hotels this nice. Like that's when I don't like, like your house, and I feel that way in New York. Like they like, when they go to Cancun and they're like in those houses, they like die over these houses because that's like the nicest trip they're going to take this year. Yeah. Whereas like I feel like in certain cities, it's like, no, no, this is the bar that we're used to. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just, I'm looking for some, some nice Utah Mormon money. Oh, I'm lo- so excited for a Utah moment. I'll have to wear my hat while I watch. The episode. Yeah. So now that you've made it through an entire episode with the hat, where did we land? Okay, so I have to watch, see how it looks. Um, and I don't know, it either like completely made the episode or completely ruined it. Yeah, well at least we had fun with it. And here's what I know. I know that people are going to let me know what they think. You know what? <laughs> That's the other thing. I think maybe why 
we were talking about how, you know, things are so inconsistent and Alex Trebek was really like this beacon that we could rely on. And I think that, you know, getting positive and negative feedback from people, even when you didn't ask for it, is another one of those constants that sexually warms the cockles of my heart. We can always rely on it. We can always rely on it. So I hope that the hat like made a good debut, you know, maybe tomorrow if if it's like a fan favorite, I'll come in the hat that you got for me. Okay. Like, because don't you want to see me wear that on the show? No, yeah. You've got to start somewhere. I definitely and thought... And don't you ever feel like wearing a baseball hat on the show, ever? Literally never. Every once in a while, I'm like, maybe. Maybe on like a Friday. It's never occurred to me. I'm normalizing wearing hats on the show. I'm Mrs. Hat, y'all. Okay, do what you got to do. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. We're now available on Amazon Music. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us at The Morning Toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are and how Derek Peth missed out on a perfect woman. Thank you guys so much. Have an amazing day. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Tomorrow. Bye.